Let's uh, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 15. Thank you, Father. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. So today we're wrapping up the series called There's Hope. Has anybody gained some hope out of this series? Has anybody, has it raised up inside of you? I told you the very first day that we started this series that when you had that attack come, when you had you know, that lack try to uh, slip into your life, that no matter what it looked like, no matter how deep the hole or how dark uh, the night looked in your life, that what would come out of you is there's hope. There is hope in God. So in Romans 15, 13, this is our key verse. It says this, now, so are, you, are we talking about now or are we talking about later? Now. Now, I mean, I like now and laters, but I want now in my life. I want God in my life, amen? amen. We're talking about now, now. right? That used to be real popular when I was a kid. I'd buy them for 10 cents and sell them for 25 cents at school. Now and laters. It was awesome. <laughs> I had a business. <laughs> I was doing business. I wasn't going to school. I was doing business. Uh, amen. Now and laters. People love those now and laters. I had enough foresight to meet a need with now and laters. But when it comes to God, I don't want him later. I need him now. Amen. I need him later too. But I don't just need him later. I need him now. Amen. This verse right here, you know, the, uh, Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is. This one says, now, now. We're talking about the present. Whenever you're reading this, it is now. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. May he fill you. This is, this is the Holy Spirit writing this verse, giving you his heart, showing you his will. Now may the God of hope fill you, fill you. You know what God wants for you? He wants to fill you with all joy. He wants to fill you with all peace. All you have to do is believe on it. You believe on it. You believe that He's the God of hope and joy and peace starts coming to your life. He's my hope. He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my hope. All of a sudden, joy starts to come on your life. All of a sudden, peace starts to beat back worry. Joy starts to beat back depression. That's what happens when you start putting on and believing that God is my God of hope. He's the God of my hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that, why does He want to fill you with these things? So that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to be filled with joy and peace and hope. You know, it's, one, it's an interesting thing in Romans 5. It talks about this. And, and, but here's what happened. This is a cycle. When we, start, when we enter into the kingdom of God and we accept Christ, instantly, has anybody ever had the experience when you step into relationship with God through Jesus, all of a sudden hope comes on you. The weight of the world dissipates. And sometimes we've been born again, but then we've taken back on some of the care and some of the weight. Then maybe we come up for prayer. It can happen different ways, but maybe it's prayer. Somebody lays hands on you. Somebody prays. 
and all of a sudden the weight goes boom and it falls off of you and all of a sudden what happens? You become light again. You take on, it's that hope rising up in you. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the peace. This is the heart and the character and the nature of God. And if we just turn to Him and believe, these are the things that we're filled with. But it's an interesting thing because it's like I'm sitting back here and if I will get into Jesus, then joy and peace will come and then that will build up my hope for the next time that I'm in a problem that if I turn to Jesus, joy and peace will come and then that will build hope. And then for the next time I'm find a situation that joy and peace will come as I turn to Jesus and that will build up hope. And so I just, these problems keep getting bigger but my joy and peace keeps beating them back and being stronger. Jesus keeps being better and then hope starts rising up and where I started with just a little hope now it's turned into some great big hope and so I'm kind of looking what's the next thing God's going to do? What's the next hole? What's the next problem? Let me take on the character and nature of God to destroy the works of the devil. And so that problem stops being a problem and it starts becoming an opportunity to shine the light of God. Because you're, you, when you turn to Jesus, joy and peace comes. And when joy and peace comes, hope starts building up. And then all of a sudden it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you start to fulfill your call to be one of the people on this earth that dispels darkness by the light of the hope that is within you. You start being one of the people that when other people find themselves in darkness, they say that person's never. That person's never in darkness. They're always joyful. They always have the peace of God. I've seen some huge things come against them. I've seen some huge things come against them. And yet they always have their joy. They always have their peace. They always have hope. And the Word says it like this. He says that you need to be ready to give an account for the hope that is within you. Because you're going to run into people that they don't know how to get out of the darkness. How many of us have ever felt like that before? I've been in that position and I just wanted somebody to walk by that it just held a candle. Maybe they just had a match. I don't care what it is, just shine a little bit of light in my life you have that opportunity right now you may be the person that's sitting there right now that's going man I feel like it's me that needs somebody to come walking by and I'm telling you that right now in this message I'm shining the light and if you will just turn to believe not on me but believe on God believe on him he will pour out a joy and a peace and that will pour out a hope and you'll start entering the cycle of God's goodness and of His love that starts lifting you to the places where you no, you're not just carrying a match anymore. You are a lamp. You are a lantern. You are a lighthouse for God. You're carrying the torch of the gospel, dispelling darkness everywhere you go. This is why we need hope because this world right now needs hope more than ever. It says darkness and deep darkness comes upon the people but he tells you arise shine this is command you believer arise shine your light has come and you do that by putting on hope 
Hope is so important because of the way it works. If you have that uh, image of the triangle, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is that you know, love, faith works by love. But then in Hebrews 11.1 1, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for or it's the support for things hoped for. So if you hope is the thing, the promise of God, the character and nature of God that's manifested. If you take hope out of this equation, what manifests in your life? So whereas we know that the devil attacks love and the devil attacks faith, we've been willing in our society to give them our hope, not realizing that that steals the promise right out from under our noses. Hope is a necessary ingredient in the manifestation of God's promises. Hope is a necessary ingredient to see the will of God done in your life. And so here's one of the ways that the devil comes against it. You go over to Acts chapter 27, and I believe it's uh, verse 20. We've talked about this, but have you ever found yourself, you're the one that's walking in that darkness. Here's, they had this storm swirling. They've been in this storm for days. And then it says here, here's Paul and the ship, and, and there's a lot of different events and variables that I could take time and preach on. What I want to show you is what the devil does in your life. It says, since neither, anybody ever been in a storm in your life that seems like it just won't stop? It just won't quit. What do you think he's after? Your hope. He says, since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small storm was assailing us, from then on all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. All hope was gradually abandoned. See, if, if, it's kind of like this. If you had hope, Brandon, will you come here for just a second? Let's say Brandon is full of hope, right? He's full of hope. Good job, man. High five. All right. The devil doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that he's full of hope. Why? Because he's got a plan. He's got a plan against that hope. Now, if the devil walked up and said, Hey, uh, give me all your hope. Give me all your hope. If the devil came up to us, are we just going to give him all the hope? No. We're going to be like, get out of here. Devil, rebuke, resist, he's got to flee. So he knows that a believer, now he'll try that on somebody that doesn't know, but if we just got a little bit of understanding of the word, all of a sudden devil comes up and says, give me all your hope. We'll be like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Get bold, get bold. Yep, all right. Hey, hey, there we go. That's what we're talking about. So the devil doesn't do that. He comes up, he goes, oh, man, you got a bunch of hope. Yeah, sure do. He said, yep, I understand. Um, what you, what you going to do if this happens? Um, that's a big storm. I wonder if it's ever going to quit. Man, you've been in this storm now for two days. Man, now you've been in this storm for three days. Four days, five days, six days, 
Seven days. Man, if God was here, don't you think he would have helped you by now? Eight days. Two weeks you've been in this storm. Man, aren't you hungry? Don't you feel a little seasick? Don't you feel a little battle-worn and weary? See, we know enough to reject him if he just came all out and said, give me your hope. So he doesn't do that. He grates on you. He gradually comes and he takes his spiritual grater and he starts grating on the hope that you have. He doesn't want to get it all from you at one time. He wants to get you to the place where all hope of being saved is gradually abandoned. This is his technique. This is his ploy. Have you ever noticed it's the same thing? Who's ever needed finances in their life? Anybody besides me? Yep. All right. Good. So I got your attention. That's good. And, and is it, is it, does it all just, you know, does it come right when you, all right, come just at the right moments where everything, you know, I have, I have what I need and then the bill collector calls? Or is it like uh, the bill collector calls and then you have a flat tire and then the car goes out and then the water heater goes out? Why? Because he's grading. Grading, grading, he's after you. And then somebody calls and says, you know, it, generally it's somebody related to you. And, uh, you know, they say, huh, accurate, yeah. And they're like, well, what you going to do? And you're trying to be strong. Well, we're believing God. Is that right? I think we are. What we? And that's what's going on in your head. I think we're believing God. And then that related person says, well, don't you think you need to do something on your own? Don't you, don't you think you need to take your own, you know, you know if God was going to, God expects you to use wisdom. And that may sound correct to our worldly logic, but what it's really doing is it's grading on your hope and it's grading on your faith. Or then you got, you know, uh, Uncle Unbeliever that says, oh man, if you wouldn't have given that money at church, you'd have had it right now, you know, something like that. Right? right? Uncle Unbeliever. He's a character. We're going to have to use him again. I like, I like that. <laughs> Uncle Unbeliever. So the devil doesn't just walk right up to you and say, give me all your hope. He just, he's like, oh, that's real good. That's super Christian. Awesome. Day one, storm. Day two. And he just grates on you and grates on you and grates on you and grates on you. And grates on you. It's like the cheese grater, you remember? And you just take that block of cheese and you got the grater and you grate, grate, grate. And all of a sudden you look down and you just got this little hunk of cheese left. You know, that's the part that you throw in your mouth. But it, you, it, it just all goes away. And all of a sudden there's no hope left. That's what the devil does. And when he removes that, he removes the ability to see the manifestation of God because you've allowed your hope to go away. See, we need to get to be the kind of people that every time he says, man, that's a big storm, you say, shut up, devil, get out of here. My God is greater than this storm. He's, his name is above every name. Shut up, devil, get out of here. Talk, you need to get bold with the devil. You need to stop letting the devil get in your business. And by getting in your business, I mean in your head. You need to stop letting the devil get in your head. That means it, as soon as there's one comment. See, he doesn't try to bring. See, if somebody just came up to you and started cussing you out, I mean, how long would it take for you to fluff up on them? 
Oh, uh-uh. Now, but if they just come to you and, and they, right? Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Okay, all right, good. But, but if they come to you and they're just like, man, what would you do that for? That, that was not the smartest thing. See, we kind of take that because it's a little bit of joking. You know, somebody, there, there's been an old sales technique that you, or, or even a trainer technique. I'm not going to say it's godly, but it does work. That you can say anything if you smile when you're saying it. That's true. And so he'll come to you and he'll say some stuff and he'll smile while he's saying it. And, and, and all of a sudden he's getting in your head. But see, when you have this word in you and you know who God is and you know what God's about and you know that God is a God of hope and if I'm not walking in hope, I'm not walking in God and I'm not giving up my hope. All of a sudden when the devil comes and he tells you, man, are you sure that, this, are you sure that God's going to come through this time? I mean, don't you know that you weren't supposed to be on this boat anyway? The Holy Spirit told you not to do that. And that may be true. You might be in the wrong place. But his mercy is new every morning. And God is a God of hope. And all of a sudden you can resist that. And see, even if you did mess up, you can fall on the, on the mercy seat of God. And with all boldness come to him in the time of need, in the time to help. And we will find a Lord. We will find a high priest. He relates to what we're going through. And we will find help in time of need and we can say Lord I repent and I release it yeah I was in the wrong place Lord I ask you to forgive me I'm not going to do that anymore I'm going to hear from you I'm going to follow your leading and I will be at the right place and I just throw myself on your mercy and all of a sudden we, we are able in the righteousness not our righteousness but the righteousness of God to say oh, you're, not going, you're not getting through no devil and see, you don't just tell them that on the big stuff. You tell them that on everything that attacks the character and nature of God. You do that on everything that attacks the hope of God in you. Well, I don't know if it's going to work out this time. That's not hope. That's not hope. Mm-mm. Well, I don't, know. I don't know if this flight's going to make it. That's not hope. That's not hope. And you have a God. As long as God is alive, you have hope. Hope. The world would say this, don't get your hopes up so you won't be disappointed. That means don't let God be God. What an ungodly, thank you sir, what an ungodly statement. Don't get your hopes up. In other words, don't let God get higher in your life. Don't let the God of hope take his seat on the throne of your heart. Are you kidding me? Get your hopes up. God's a God of hope. And he wants to get his hope in you. Here's some things that we need to understand how to have hope. Three things. Know the God of hope. See, if you don't know the God of hope, when the devil comes around and he starts telling you stuff and you don't know what is God and what isn't God, then all of a sudden you'll just fall for that. He's in your head and all of a sudden he's got your number and you're going to, get, you're going to sink. Until you wake up to who God is in your life. God is always leading you to triumph. Put that, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14, put that up real quick please. But thanks be unto God who always leads me in triumph through Christ and manifests through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. 
All I have to do is turn to Christ. No matter where I'm at, I, I turn to Christ. I take Him by the hand and He will always, every time, every place, lead me to the triumph of God. Every time. You believe that? Amen. 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 I need to know the God of hope. I need to know that if I turn to Him, I just turn to triumph. And there's no other option but victory in Him. Now I'm not going to, let me just throw this in there because your version of triumph and God's version of triumph guarantee you in some situations they are different. Guarantee you they are different. Because you've had corruption working on your head and so your version of triumph is probably different of God, but praise God, He's so merciful and so gracious that if we'll just take Him by the hand and follow His lead, He will lead us to what the real triumph is. He'll take us to the real place of victory. He'll lead us to that real place where we win the way He designed us to win. And our win will actually mean something, not just be on the surface and superficial. It will be, it will be something important and it will be great. This is who God is. But we've got to take Him by the hand. Humble ourselves, submit ourselves to Him and know Him. You, you want to walk in hope? You want to be the light of hope? You've got to get to know God. You've got to get into some intimacy with Him. You've got to let the Holy Spirit fill you. You've got to let the Holy Spirit uh, show you and open up the Word to you. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to read it. You... you you got to get in here and let the Holy Spirit show you how to pray. You got to get in here and let the Holy Spirit show you how to worship. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. He's the helper. He's the teacher. He's the comforter. He's your power and your strength. That's who He is. You got to let Him be who God created Him to be. You got to let Him be who God wanted Him to be in your life. Let Him be that. Know the God of hope. How to have hope. Number two, you fix your hope. I gave you some scriptures there. 1 Peter 1, 3. It says in the middle of it, fix your hope completely. 1 John 3, 3. Who, everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself. 1 Timothy 4, 10. Who we have fixed our hope on the living God. Hebrews 6, 17 through 19. It talks about hope being strong. We've got to stand on it. Hebrews 6, 18. He is, we have to take hold of the hope that is set before us. Time and time and time again. In other words, what it shows is we've got to grab a hold of something and we've got to make it ours and not let go. In this situation, it's hope. I'm not letting go of it. I don't care what the devil does. I don't care how he talks to me. I don't care anything. I am not letting go of hope. I got a grip on it, and I'm not letting go of it. Unfortunately, for this example, I have to let go of hope. So, all right. So, we've got to fix our hope. We have to fix it. We have to set it. We have to grab a hold and not let go. No matter what the devil says, no matter what the devil says, we have to grab a hold. Fix your hope. You know, when you start to know who God is, it becomes easier to fix your hope on Him. Because you start to realize He can't change who He is. You start to realize that no matter how dark the situation, there's hope. 
I want you to look at Jesus. Look at Jesus on the cross. He's sitting there. He's on the cross. God the Father had just forsaken him. He had just forsaken him. Now he forsook Jesus so that you didn't have to be forsaken. It's very personal. So thank goodness he forsook Jesus. But in this moment, Jesus knows something that you or I have never known. The forsaking of the Father. Because in that moment that he forsook Jesus, that it released a power that he would never have to forsake you because of your sin. It would never happen unless we chose to completely ignore him later on. But in that moment, the Father had forsaken him. He's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to go into hell. And he knows it. The other thing is, he could have called and come down off of that cross at any moment. He could have let go. He said, look, I laid down. They don't take my life. I lay it down willingly. They're not taking it. I'm giving it up. So in the middle of this, now he's been beaten. He's been whipped. He's been called all kinds of stuff that would make the average American cry. And in that moment, now the father who has loved him all his life that he's a part of forsakes him. Now if there ever was a moment in a human's life on this earth that hope could be let go of, I would say that would probably be the strongest one that any human has ever faced. Yet in that moment, the next thing he says is he starts quoting out of Psalms. He starts quoting a promise of the character and nature of God. And he's talking about, he says, it says, Even though they lay a trap for me, you will set a net to catch me. And then he says what it says in Psalms, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. In other words, when all hope was lost and he's about to die and go into hell, he set his hope on the love of the Father. And that was the thing. That was the faith. That was the manifestation that brought him up out of that grave. That was the thing that brought him the answer. That was the thing that brought the answer to the whole world. When all hope was seemingly lost, he had set a hope on the Father. And it empowered him to do something miraculous. That hope engaged the power, the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. And in three days, that resurrection power did what it was designed to do and brought him back right up out of that grave. And at the same moment he brought Christ back to life, every single one of us was given the empowerment to no matter what we see, Believe on Jesus and enter into the fullness of joy and peace and see our hope rise over and over and over again. We need to know the God of hope. To have hope, we need to know the God of hope. We need to fix our hope on Him. We need to set it. We need to have a mind set. And then we need to trust God to build hope. We need to put some faith out there. We need to trust Him. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, I need to trust Him. Amen. Romans uh, 5 and verse 1, 
It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult, or we exalt, in hope of the glory of God. We exalt right now in the hope. Verse 3, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope, talking about hope in God, not hope in worldly things, but hope in God, it does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What that's saying there is this, is that by faith we have entered into a place as His children where the hope of God is given freely to us, where the joy and the peace of God is made full in believing. We've entered into a place where we can simply turn to God and decide to trust Him. Decide to have faith. And even when tribulation comes up and, and it's in our face and that temptation is there to, to let go of faith, to let go of hope, when the storms of life have been swirling and it seems like they won't stop, the thing that happens in that moment is you learn how to trust God even better. And you say, Lord, no matter what happens, no matter how many days this storm swirls around me, I will not give up hope on you. I'm not letting go of it. I'm fixing it. I trust you. I trust you. No matter what I see, I trust you. I may go through some storms. I may feel, but I trust you. Job said this at the, at the end of the first chapter of Job. I believe this was his salvation right here. Was at the end of it, he's even got his wife saying, curse God and die. Oh, she's a peach, wasn't she? And, uh, and that was, so in the, he's saying, he, I mean, he's in a mess. He drops to his knees and says, no matter what, Lord, I will trust you and worship you. Even though I die, I will trust you. You see, that's exactly what Jesus did. Even though I die, I put my hope in you. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. See, in Revelation it says this, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. But a lot of times people stop right there and they don't include the last part of it that says, and I, they love not their life even unto the death. In other words, in that situation where it feels like it won't stop, they're saying, I will trust God even more than my life. I will not let go of hope, and I will see that. So I will plead the blood of the Lamb. I will receive the power that was in that blood of the Lamb. I will testify to the goodness of Christ. I will testify and prophesy about the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of His promises, the goodness of His character, and I won't let go of these things even if it costs me my life Amen. and those are the overcomers Amen. these are the ones that overcome Amen. by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and they love not their life to the death see many times we will plead the blood we'll even start confessing that we have the victory but as soon as the pressure gets more than our mind says you can take we let go of it 
And what ends up happening is the pressure's too much, God. I just can't do it anymore. And so we, we love our life more than we loved having our hope fixed. And we end up missing the salvation and missing the overcoming. We've got to trust God, and God shows us in Romans 5 that when we trust God, the tribulations start to come, and all of a sudden that tribulation, it builds when a person's heart is set, when their, when their mind is set to grab a hold of hope, when they don't love their lives more than God. All of a sudden what happens is this, is that they, they move into a place where perseverance grows up, and they figure out, I can handle more than I thought. I remember, I remember in, in boot camp, the biggest thing that came out of boot camp was this. I came out after three months going this, saying this. I can do a lot more than I thought I could do. Because they had taught me there were limits that I didn't even know I had. They were saying that all the limits you thought you had, they were so low. And I came out the other side. That's why a lot of Marines come out stupid because they think they're invincible. And uh, because they, they have been taught they have no limits and, and they're pretty close to accurate. They have a few. But they think that they don't. Because what happens is the limits that they thought they had, they're raised. They're pushed up. They find out by those drill instructors pushing them that they got higher limits than what they thought. See, a lot of times all the devil's trying to do is he's trying to gradually get on your hope until he hits your limit. But see, if I will turn to God, I will find out that in Him I have no limits. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God, all things are possible. And all of a sudden, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, please put that up. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, There is no temptation given to man, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with, with the temptation will provide a way of escape. So what this says is that no matter what I see or what I feel or what situation I get into, I wouldn't be in this situation if I was not under the threshold of what I could take. All of a sudden you start to get some of these things in you and you, you look to the tribulation and go, let's see how God does this, and you step into it. Instead of avoiding the, the tribulation and running from it, you start stepping into them and saying, you're not looking for trouble, but if trouble, the devil wants to send some around, fine, that's just an area of ground of your kingdom I now get to destroy in the name of Jesus. I get to shine the light. And so we step in. We find out that we can stretch longer than we thought we could stretch. Our limits are higher than what we thought they were. All of a sudden, I build up patience. I build up perseverance. And then when I build up perseverance, what's going to happen? Is God going to come through? Absolutely, every single time. And when He starts to come through, here's what I find out. The character of God is stronger than the temptations of the devil. The goodness and the love of God is bigger and better than the temptation, than the tribulation. God is true. Let every man be a liar, including my own flesh and my own thinking. But God is true, and He will do what He says He will do. He's not changing in this. He's good God, 
and He loves you with an everlasting love. And no temptation or tribulation is going to turn that, sway it. It's not going to turn it to the left or to the right. He's going to come through when our hope is fixed on Him. All of a sudden we find out that His character is what He said it was. Tribulation brings patience. We stand in that patience with our hope fixed. We find out that the character of God is exactly what he said it was the whole time. All of a sudden, our hope. What happens to your hope right then? Boop, 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 boop. And then you go to the next tribulation. You apply some patience. You find out the character of God is what it is. And what happens to your hope? Boop, 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 boop. All of a sudden, it just keeps rising. Boop, boop, boop. All of a sudden you start shining the light of hope in this world and people go, why are you so hopeful? Wow in the world. Don't you know all that stuff that's happened to you? How can you keep believing on God? How can I mean you've just been attacked one thing after the other. How in the world can you keep on standing there? Because my God is who he says he is and he will come through. He will come through. It's who he is. That's how you can stand because he will come through. And he's in the process of coming through right now. See, while we're not seeing it in the natural, God's over in the spiritual being God, being the provider, being the protector, being the life and the fullness of it. He's my life. He's my shelter. He's my strength. He's my strong tower. I am hid in him. The devil can't even see me. I just take Jesus by the hand and he leads me right around the devil. And even if I mess up and I slip and, and, and the devil gets a hold of me somehow, God is merciful. He is gracious to me. His compassion follows me and his blessings are looking to overtake me. It's who he is. It's who he is. So take hope in him. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, take hope in Him. We've said this in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Just read the last. But for right now, until this completeness, this is in the message, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. One, trust steadily in God. Trust Him. Trust steadily in God. Two, hope unswervingly. Don't let your hope swerve to low and then to strong and low and strong. Just keep your hope strong. Set your hope, joy, confidence, expectation without swerving. Trust steadily, hope unswervingly. And three, love extravagantly. Put on the love of God. This is our keys for winning. And his hope is worthy of trusting in and worthy of believing. Amen. So right now, if you just, you, you just want some more hope, I, how many people have taken some hope on just by hearing the message? Have you received some hope? Amen. Yes. Right now, Father, we just pray for everybody that's listening or sitting here. Let the hope of God rise up, Lord. Father, we just bind anything that's trying to shroud or block the fullness of the promise of the hope that we have in you. Lord, we just remove that grid, that, that filter that's trying to block out hope in the name of Jesus. Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus on every mind, on every thought. Every thought that is not of you in Jesus' name, we agree 
to take it captive now. You have no right to be there. You're not grating on our hope anymore. We cast you down and we bring you into the obedience of Christ. And the obedience of Christ says this. I have a God to put my hope in. And it will not swerve. It will be fixed. I set my hope on my living God. My living Lord. My living Savior. I set my hope on Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me. Empower me. Teach me and comfort me about your hope. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you and worship you and we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father.